Hello and welcome to another episode of the Leo Alves podcast. So in today's podcast episode, which by the way is episode 86, I highlight the fact that it's 86 just because it's close to episode 100, which is a nice little landmark that I'm going to hit. But anyway, I'm going to cover 14 common fitness uh, myths that I want you to be aware of. So I don't want you to fall for these fitness myths anymore because fitness myths are very common and something we have all fallen for at some point. But just from all the years and experience I have of doing this thing, for lack of a better word, I want to give you a heads up on a few common ones that I often see people falling for that I want you to be very aware of. Now, I don't know how much or how little depth I'm going to go into each one just because there is 14 in total and I usually like my solo podcast episodes to be about between 15 to 30 minutes. I will, I guess, touch upon them as much as I feel. Now, Before I get stuck into the specific fitness myths, I do want to say today's podcast episode, I do not feel like recording it. And that's just me being totally transparent with you. At the end of the day, you know, I have to do it anyway. This is going to be the last thing I do today. After this, I am going to go to sleep. But like I said, sometimes to make progress at things, we have to do things when we don't feel like it. And in your case, it could very well be just the fact that you need to show up and commit to healthier habits on days where you don't feel like it as well. The same way I need to show up and record podcast episodes on days I don't feel like it as well. And when you really think about it, for full transparency, again, if I only recorded podcast episodes when I didn't feel like it, trust me when I say I would not be close to episode 100 right now. I'd probably be more around the episode 30, 40 mark. And that is for real, like over 50% of the episodes, I can tell you now, I didn't really feel like recording them. I'd probably say only like 20 or 30%. I was really excited to do. So again, I don't really feel like doing it now, but I know for a fact that once I'm like five minutes in, you know, it will start flowing off the tongue, which is what always happens. And then by the time I finish, I'll be very happy I did it. And it will be another bit of educational content for you to take in and perhaps even share with your friends. So it could very well change more than one life. And the reason why I want to record this episode specifically on 14 fitness, common fitness myths, I should say, is because again, so many people make these fitness myths, myself included. I didn't make all 14, but from the top of my head, I probably did believe maybe three, four or five at some point. But I just want you to be aware of these so you spend less time on doing things that don't work, which then allows you to then spend more time on things that do work, which then allows you to make a lot more progress over the long term. And maybe you'll take so much value from this episode, you might even end up sharing it with a friend, which does remind me, if you're not following the podcast already on whichever platform you listen to this on, then do drop a follow, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and Google Google Podcasts, I wanted to say. Please do drop a follow, give it five stars, uh, and otherwise, let's get stuck into the episode. So, and actually, you know what? One more side note. Recently, you're probably on the edge of your seat, really, like, just eager for to hear these 14 fitness myths but recently I just wanted to say and uh, you know this is like a a little bit of a brief I guess live update in a way but I do feel like it's it's an important message to get across as well so for the last few days I've taken a step back with my work I, I say work in a way because everything I do including the content creation I look at it as work as well to provide you with you know as much education as possible my Kairos Online members, that's a non-negotiable. Like, 
I am always going to do that regardless of whether I'm on holiday or wherever I might be away with family, et cetera, et cetera. Like my one-to-one Keros Online members, they're everything to me. So like that is never, I'm never taking my foot off the gas on that one. I, you know, I always turn up each and every day to see, you know, if every, if everyone is okay, if anyone needs something new, maybe they need a new training program, maybe updates to their coaching plan. So I'm always aware of that, but I have taken a step back with everything else which is what I meant when I took uh, when I say I took a step back so content creation I didn't make anything new just to give you a little peep into what my day-to-day routine is like I'm always thinking about the next YouTube video or the next podcast episode or the next article I can write or even when it comes to short form posts so maybe uh, so videos or or Twitter posts uh, like the threads that you might see so I'm always thinking of the next one I can create but recently I was uh, away with my grandparents for a few days in uh in the countryside, which is where they live in a, another part of Portugal. And it was just really nice to have that like mental reset from constantly thinking about what I'm going to create next and just, you know, making just awesome content for you. And, but yeah, it was really nice to have that mental reset. You know, I put on, because, you know, obviously like a lot of uh, grandparents or I guess that generation, you could say they're not very tech savvy i think that's the right word so they're not really sure how to work things like youtube on a television for example and you know when i so when i was with them like i, I just done little things because usually like they're watching the news and to be honest i think they watch too much news and the news if, as you know it's always pushing negativity because it always wants more eyeballs and negativity and these extreme headlines always bring extra eyeballs so you know i thought maybe let's watch uh, let's not watch any news tonight and i'm gonna put like old-fashioned comedy that I know they really like. And because they lived in England for the majority of their life, they are Portuguese, but they did live in England the majority of their life. Hence, why I ended up being born in England, and because obviously my mum lived there as well after. But they love old English comedy, so I put on Only Fools and Horses for them. I put on Mr Bean, and I put on Charlie Chaplin, and they loved all three. They really loved Only Fools and Horses especially. And uh, I think next time I see them, probably what is it it's uh, the end of february right now so sometime in march i'll put on maybe like benny hill which i know they all like as well i don't know you you will or won't know benny hill depending on which generation you're from it was definitely from the generation above me i never really watched it but i do remember like hearing about it from the generation above me and i am quite curious to watch it again because i know i watched it when i was very young but i didn't really understand what was going on so it would be interesting to like take in Benny Hill as an adult now. But anyway, the reason why I'm just like telling you that side note is because, you know, sometimes when you're just so in routine with day-to-day life and you're taking each and every day, like just like giving it all your energy and trying to do your best, maybe it's for work, maybe it's for university, or maybe it's just something you're trying to become better at or you're growing your own business. Sometimes it's just very easy to forget to take a break sometimes and just take a step back, which definitely happens with me once in a while, which is why I always schedule in these little breaks with my grandparents every once in a while so that I can just take my foot off of everything. Again, not my Keros Online members. And I really do want to emphasize that because I I love them so much and I really enjoy that part. Like that part doesn't even feel like work to me. But yeah, the, the mental reset, which is what I'm trying to get across, is very important. And if you feel like you haven't taken one for a long time now, then definitely do take out the time to just have that mental reset because you will find out after that break, you come back just feeling refreshed and ready to go again, which is why I'm here now. During that time, it was when I came up with the, the idea of 14 fitness myths that I want you to be aware of. And now I'm here and I'm going to record it because it's the first day I'm back after 
hanging out with them. Anyway, let me get back or not back onto, let me say, let me get stuck into today's podcast episode for real this time. No other tangents that I'm going to speak about. But anyway, uh, in no particular order, by the way. So it's not like rated from worst to best. It's just in no particular order. The first fitness myth that you need to be aware of is that carbs are bad for you and should be avoided. That is complete nonsense so one thing that you're probably going to realize for like this is a common recurrent theme maybe you will notice across a a lot of these fitness myths that i'm about to say but the fitness industry loves to run on a pendulum of extremes i got this i think it's an analogy the right word from another coach i really like and who i communicate with often his name is jordan sire great guy i've learned a lot from him and you know i was always aware that it ran on a pendulum of extremes but he phrased it in a really good way, as in the fitness industry is always running on a pendulum of extremes. It's just a very easy way to to put it because everything is either right or wrong, good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. And there's just no middle ground with every, anything. And I think that's even just become even worse now with social media and everyone trying to get views and everyone trying to get clicks. And that definitely goes for this context here. Carbs are not bad for you and they do not need to be avoided. Again, a lot of that is likely just going to come from someone who is either trying to get more clicks, more attention, or maybe someone who just genuinely doesn't know any better. But I think this is maybe coming from the keto crowd more where, you know, they say the only way that you can lose weight is if you cut out carbs. Number one, I'm going to speak about keto specifically from a fat loss perspective because keto was originally intended for individuals with epilepsy. You might not have known that. If you didn't, now you do. And I heard it actually worked quite well with indi- for individuals with epilepsy. I don't totally know. You might need to double check that yourself, but I do hear, hear it. it does work quite well. But for fat loss specifically, obviously, it can work well the same way it might not work well at all. It's going to depend on the individual. And um, if anything, I just think it encourages a worse relationship with food because you don't need to exclude an entire food group, which is how it makes you lose weight. It excludes an entire food group and if you exclude an entire food group then of course you are more likely to be in a calorie deficit which is ultimately what weight loss comes down to so remember that carbs are an important energy source they're your your body's primary energy source in fact and they should be part of a well-balanced diet however saying that just because i say you should have carbs don't hear that and think okay i'm going to just have you know all the least nutritious carbs out there like you still want to prioritize whole grains fruits vegetables over processed and sugary carbs i'm not saying you can't have like the the sugary carbs but you do want to be a little bit more mindful of them and you certainly don't need to cut them out completely now onto the second fitness myth which is you can't build muscle and lose fat simultaneously which is what the claim is now this one always surprises me because again with claims like this which is something i hear very often it just misses all sorts of context i will admit while it's tougher to do both simultaneously it's not impossible and it is very doable especially if you're a beginner if you're a beginner complete beginner you can 100% gain a good amount of muscle mass and lose fat simultaneously because you've gone from just doing nothing to doing something. And when you go from doing nothing to doing something for the first time, you are very sensitive to improvements. I don't know if you've ever heard the term newbie gains, but that's exactly what it is. So you can very well gain muscle and lose fat simultaneously. Like that's not going to be a problem for you. Now, where I think a lot of people are maybe more aiming this statement towards, or this is where the statement should be aimed towards, I should say, is 
for more experienced gym goers. You know, the, the longer you have been going to the gym, the tougher time you are going to have trying to simultaneously build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Take myself, for example, like I'm not going to build muscle very efficiently if I'm in a calorie deficit. I'm just not. I need to pick basically one goal and stick with it for months to be able to do it well. I, I can't really have both there. So again, this context, can you build muscle and lose fat simultaneously? Yes, but it depends. So the key word, which is probably something you're going to find to be a reoccurring theme across these fitness myths, it depends. So are you a complete beginner or you're in your very earlier days of working out? Yes, you absolutely can build muscle and lose fat simultaneously. On the other hand, have you been doing this for a little while, maybe more than one or two years, then you're going to have a tougher time. And uh, I would advise just you to just focus on one. Now onto fitness myth number three, you have one hour after your workout to eat and drink to maximize results. Now, that's the claim. Again, that's not me telling you. I'm saying the claim is you have one hour after your workout to eat and drink to maximize results. And this is something also known as the anabolic window, which is actually something I used to like religiously believe in. So much so that I would like rush home after my gym sessions just to make sure I ate within the hour. And sometimes I wouldn't even feel like eating, like, but I would make myself because I would think like I, I wouldn't get maybe the full benefits from the workout I just had if I didn't eat within the hour. You know what, even just me sitting here now and questioning that logic, it doesn't really make sense. Like I've already lifted the weights, I've already progressively overloaded, I've already gotten stronger. So, you know, I have to remember that. And at the end of the day, what I wanna to emphasize to you is what you eat throughout the day as a whole is always what is the most important factor, not what you eat within the hour post-workout. So don't worry about post-workout, like immediate post-workout nutrition too much, unless you're an elite athlete. If you're an elite athlete, then I, I would say that's different, but elite athletes aren't listening to my podcast. And then fitness myth number four is you can out-exercise a bad diet, which is again, the next claim you can now exercise a bad diet. How many people have you met, potentially you included, where they just eat rubbish all the time, but then they exercise and they think that's going to almost like negate the negative effects of just consistent poor nutrition choices. And I'm sorry to break it to you, but it's not. You are going to have to try and do both at least to a decent level to at least get decent results. So you can't just out exercise a bad diet and think you're going to get great results. Now, what I will say is that if you if you were never exercising before and you had a poor diet, then the fact that you're doing something rather than nothing is amazing. So I will say that what I'm just basically trying to say here is that you're not going to out exercise a bad diet. So if you're unsure why you're not getting results because you've been exercising super consistently, Meanwhile, you've been neglecting your nutrition, then that's why. So you do have to think about that. But again, if you've gone from doing nothing to doing something and you you never used to exercise and you exercise now, then you know that is definitely a step in the right direction. And when you are ready to improve your nutrition, then definitely go for it. And you know, I'm always a message away if you ever want to speak to me about whatever it is you have in mind in regard to your nutrition. I would say I focus on a balanced, nutrient-dense diet, high in protein, coupled with your strength training for optimal results. And you know what? I have a free fat loss guide as well in the show notes of this podcast episode. I'll leave it there. So I'll leave the link there, I should say. So if you want a free fat loss guide on the back of this, then just check out that link and you can download it and uh, the free fat loss guide is yours. So it could help. And then on to the next fitness myth, which is fitness myth number five. You will feel sore if you skip your cool down, which is just not true. The cool down is just something I don't know how it has so much popularity behind it. I don't know why so many people are doing it. 
it is honestly a waste of time. I haven't done a single cooldown since like 2014 and I've been absolutely fine. I know, I know many other people who are also trainers who just do not do the cooldown as well because again, it's pointless and it doesn't do anything for you. I have noticed that the common misunderstanding is that if you do your cooldown, then you're going to be less sore following your session. But that is not true. That's that's a complete myth. Like the research has shown that now. That's not my opinion. Again, it's fact. So what I want you to understand is that if you're feeling sore after your workouts, it's not because you didn't cool down or you didn't cool down long enough or you need to cool down more next time. It's because you're not consuming enough protein or, and, could that be and or, or you have poor sleep and or you're drinking alcohol, which again, alcohol does slow down protein synthesis. It slows down recovery. It inhibits recovery, I could say. Or maybe you just went too hard in your session. So it could be one of those factors. It could be two. It could be three. It could be all four. But it's going to be somewhere there rather than the fact that you didn't do a cool down for 10 or 15 minutes after your workout. Now onto fitness myth number six is you can't get in shape without a gym membership, which is just nonsense, to be honest. Now, I will say that having a gym membership is helpful. Like it's obviously not going to be a bad thing. It's only going to help. There's only a net positive because it's going to have tremendous equipment more often than not. Well, at least when compared to what you're probably going to have access to at home. But you absolutely don't need to have a gym membership to get in great shape. Let's say your goal is weight loss. Again, all you have to do is be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. Obviously, I say all you have to do in a calorie deficit to lose weight, like it's the most simple thing in the world. Saying it is simple, like the process is simple. Obviously, doing it is another story, but you can get in shape without a gym membership because nutrition aside for a minute, we could even say, look at body weight exercises, outdoor workouts, and even at-home workouts can be effective for building muscle and improving your fitness levels because most people, potentially you included, maybe you can't even, can you do five push-ups? If you can't even do five push-ups, there's no way you can frown upon like body weight exercises or at-home workouts, which is something a lot of people do. If you've been on the fence about joining a gym recently or you have a gym membership, but you're never going, start at home, do something. 10, 15 minute workouts, work on your push-ups. You could start with like eccentric only push-ups, which is just controlling the way down. You could do push-ups on your knees and then slowly build up to doing a full range of motion push-up. To me, it's always surprising at how many people just completely neglect body weight exercises and at-home workouts when they can be useful. Now, I will say they can only take you so far. So like, I wouldn't rely on those things for like three, four, five, six, seven, eight months. Eventually you do want to get a gym membership because eventually you are going to just need access to more equipment but again if you're doing nothing right now or or, or yeah you know what if you, you're doing nothing right now then don't definitely don't be overlooking those because they could be very much what you need right now anyway on to fitness myth number seven is you need to be in pain to see results so what's the saying uh pain is weakness leaving the body yeah that's crap it's not true what i will say is that you know some muscle soreness after working out is obviously normal but pain isn't necessary for results. Pain is your body's way of telling you something needs to change. So if you're in pain every time you do squats or you're in pain every time you do a deadlift, you know, something needs to be adjusted there. You know, maybe you have some sort of muscle imbalance. It could be maybe you're just ignoring a muscle group. Maybe you haven't changed, uh, trained your glutes in a long time, which is something I know a lot of guys ignore. Uh, a lot of females ignore their chest but you certainly don't need to be in pain to see results. Like you shouldn't be in pain 
you, again, if you're in pain, then there's something that you likely need to adjust. And I would probably go and see a physiotherapy and just be mindful of the way you manage your pain. Now onto the next fitness myth, which is fitness myth number eight. So um just over halfway through now. So cardio is the best way to lose weight. And that is probably one of the most common fitness myths I hear all the time. And you know what, this is something that you've potentially done in the past or you see someone you know doing because I know it's going very strong still nowadays. A lot of people just think cardio is the best way to lose weight. When they wanna lose weight, they start running. Ironically, I would say it's probably one of the worst ways to lose weight. You know, whilst cardio is great for cardiovascular health improvements, of course, I'm not saying, by the way, what I'm not saying is cardio is bad for you or you shouldn't do cardio. Like cardio has its time and place, but just doing cardio with the main aim of trying to lose weight is such a slippery slope to go down. Weight loss, again, ultimately comes down to being in a calorie deficit. And even more so than your cardio, strength training is going to do so much more for you for your weight loss goals then cardio so focus on being in a calorie deficit and strength training if you want to lose weight and you know what even like going on walks as well and then if you want to do some cardio not for weight loss but for your cardiovascular health and to improve your blood pressure and to improve your resting heart rate then absolutely go for it but don't do it just with the main aim of losing weight like right now i'm i'm doing probably more cardio than usual would i say so yeah i would probably say i've been doing a little bit more cardio than i usually would but again it's not because i'm trying to lose weight it's because i started at brazilian jiu-jitsu recently and i need to keep up with the others and with jiu-jitsu something i quickly noticed was that the grappling goes on for a while and when you're you know holding onto someone who's also trying to, to resist you it really does take it out of you and it can be very tiring. And I quickly noticed, oh, I want to improve my cardiovascular health. You know, I was already doing some cardio, but now I'm going to do even a, a little bit more so I can not gas out as quickly when I'm sparring at jujitsu. So time and place for cardio, but not for weight loss. In fact, I've put it so far down in, in my list of priorities for weight loss with things like, again, being in a calorie deficit, having high protein, having good adequate sleep, resistance training, going on walks, eating your fruit, eating your vegetables, all being things I'd place above doing cardio for weight loss. And, you know, those are things that I just thought about instantly in the moment. So, again, don't worry about cardio for weight loss, ironically, because I know everyone's doing it. But now, you know. Now onto fitness myth number nine, lifting weights will make you overly bulky. And again, like I've said, uh, this isn't me telling you, this is the statement I often hear and that is false. What lifting weights will do is it will help you achieve the toned look you desire, boost your metabolism and help you burn fat over the long term. And here's the thing about becoming bulky, it actually takes a lot of consistent effort with both your training and your nutrition over the long term. Like it doesn't just accidentally happen one night because you dabbled in strength training. Like again, it, it takes a lot of consistent effort. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there, including myself, you know, guys and girls who wish it was that easy. Like you could just turn up and do one, two, three sessions of strength training and, and become immediately bulky. But it doesn't work like that. Again, it's something you have to consistently do. And put full effort towards with your training, with your nutrition to be able to, to get quote unquote bulky. So again, if you're avoiding that because you're scared of that, then I can tell you that's, it's an illogical fear. And you could almost think of it in the way of, let's say you start learning French one week and then the next week you're teaching it. Or 
you start learning how to drive one week and then the next week you're driving in a Formula One race. Or, yeah, you, you know, those examples are good enough. It's the same way as you thinking, oh, one week you're going to do your first training session and the next week you're going to look like a bodybuilder. Like, again, it's not that easy. These are consistent efforts that you have to keep up over the long term to get there eventually. So you can see now why it sounds illogical after I've given you those comparisons I'm sure anyway on to the next fitness myth which is I'm starting to lose count I think it's fitness myth number 10 you need to exercise for hours a day to get results and that is incorrect that is not true instead prioritize intensity and quality over quantity for example you can get a ton out of free full body one hour weekly workout so you can go to the gym three times a week do full body workouts for an hour and get a lot out of it. Now, if you want a free workout plan, I've got a free full body workout plan. You can grab that via the link within this podcast episode as well. So you can grab it. It's all yours. It's from my website. And it's a, again for full body workouts. But yeah, you can get a lot out of that. I, I know a lot of people who go to the gym almost every day when they've just started their fitness journey because they think that's what they need to do. And then they'll spend one or two hours in there and I can tell you now, that's just making a poor, that's such poor use of time because if you are going that often, then chances are you're just not using your time very efficiently in there. Again, you don't have to be in the gym that long to get amazing results. The person who is progressively overloading, they're being consistent, they're training their entire body every week, three times a week, four times a week. They are going to make so much more progress than, you know, I guess someone who goes maybe for two hours every day, doesn't progressively overload, dabbles a little bit on one machine, has a, goes to a, another machine, doesn't really have a plan, and maybe spends half of it talking. So, you know, the later person, person B, is obviously in the gym so much longer, but they're just so much less efficient with their time because they don't have a plan they're following they're not progressively overloading and you know that's just again those are things you do want to have in place if you want to make good progress and with those things in place again the progressive overload the planning you know the being fully focused when you're there means that you don't need to exercise for hours a day every day to get results Anyway, on to the next point, which is point number or fitness myth number 11, I should say. So crunches and sit-ups are the best way to get a six-pack. And that is another false statement, obviously, which is why it's here. So whilst ab exercises can help strengthen your core, they aren't going to reveal a six-pack if you have excess body fat. Getting a six-pack requires a low enough body fat percentage, good nutrition, and full body strength training. Simple as... You can do all the ab exercises in the world, but if your body fat percentage is too high, then they're not going to reveal. So put it this way, you might have heard the saying abs are created in the kitchen. I wouldn't say they're created in there, they're revealed in there. I would say abs are created in the gym, of course, because they're a muscle, you still want to train them, you still want to progressively overload them with time, but they're revealed in the kitchen through good nutrition, having a low enough body fat percentage, keeping that protein high. Those are both things that you need to do, uh, be doing to reveal your abs because what usually happens is maybe someone starts their fitness journey for the first time, maybe they're a little bit overweight and then they maybe do like entire ab workouts hoping to see their abs, which again, it just doesn't work like that. And if you're doing entire ab workout sessions for like, like abs for 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes, that's a poor use of time again. You don't need to be training your abs that much. Like you can get a lot out of your abs, maybe even just doing four or five sets a week, progressively overloading them over the long term. And then obviously being in a very, uh, training the rest of your body as well, of course, and just being in a good place with your nutrition. And then eventually they're all appear. Anyway, onto the next fitness myth. I am think I'm on fitness myth 
It's number 12 now. Yes, I haven't lost count. This is good because I usually do. Anyway, on to the next one. So sweating more means a better workout. So sweat is just your body's way of regulating temperature. It doesn't necessarily correlate with the quality of your workout. Some friends just genetically sweat more than others. You might have that one friend who instantly come to mind when I said that, like every time they just do a little bit, like they might not even be doing that much and they immediately start sweating a lot. So again, it can be quite a genetic thing and it doesn't correlate with a good workout. It's just your body's way of regulating temperature. Instead, and you know what, before I say instead, because what a lot of people ask me on the follow-up to me telling them that is, but how would I know if I've had a good workout or not? And that's a very good question. So how would you know if you've had a good workout? You would basically, did you manage to progressively overload? As an example, did you lift more weight than before? Did you do more reps than before? Is your form better than it was before? Those are all things that will tell you whether or not you've had a good workout. There could be more factors out there, but those are the ones that come to mind for me right now. Or even, did you even feel more comfortable in the gym? If you're someone who had gym intimidation or historically has had gym intimidation and uh, and now you feel a lot more comfortable in the gym, you know, that's definitely a good sign of, I would say, a good workout, not how much you did or didn't sweat. So don't worry about that. And then on to the penultimate fitness myth, which is spot reducing fat in specific areas of your body as possible, which it isn't, unfortunately. You cannot control where your body burns fat. So to lose fat in a specific area, you need to lose fat overall by consistently being in a calorie deficit. And then genetics will determine where you lose fat fastest, and slowest. I can give you myself as an example. Whenever I'm in a calorie deficit, I've always lost weight or fat, I should say, fastest from my legs and my face. Like those are the two places where it goes away from first. Whereas my stomach and my chest always are a lot slower and they're like last to go. And then I have friends who are different. I have a good friend of mine, Miles, a fellow coach. Uh, I've lived with him, went to university with him, went to sixth form with him. So I've pretty much grown up with him over the last 10 years. He loses fat fastest from his like chest and stomach and if I'm not mistaken is his back and legs which are slowest so everyone is different I'm sure like certain areas have come to mind for you as I've been saying that as well anyway on to the final fitness myth which is supplements are necessary to see results so again that's false supplements like protein powder and creatine can be helpful for some people but they're not necessary for a lot of people like I look at them as aids almost At the end of the day, most people, potentially you included, only really needs to optimize a few things in your diet and you already get so much more out of it than you would just from taking a specific supplement. But let's say your nutrition is already in a good place. And yeah, taking creatine can... uh, You know, I don't even really look at protein powder as a supplement, to be honest with you. Protein powder is just like, it's almost like a a staple by this point. It's, It's just a really just convenient form of protein. But creatine, omega 3 multivitamins, I should say, Again, they can be helpful, but they're not necessary. At the end of the day, a balanced diet and consistent strength training are always going to be the foundation for reaching your fitness goals. And then supplements might make up like 2% of it. Again, are are they going to hurt from taking it? No, but I I do think people just put them on way too much of a pedestal. Uh, Most people who are looking at like the next best amazing supplements are barely eating any fruit or veg they're not strength training they're they're not walking enough their sleep isn't even in the right place so i would always say focus on those things first before you start worrying about x y and z supplement well so this podcast episode ended up going for longer than i thought it would i am incredibly thirsty now because i've spoken for about 30 minutes straight and didn't have a single glass of water but anyway if you enjoyed this podcast episode well i hope you did again leave a review 
follow it on whichever platform you're listening to this on, share it with your group chat. And if you want to find more amazing educational resources from me outside of the podcast, then I also have a YouTube channel, which I'm actively growing right now. I think I'm close to the 300 subscriber mark at the time of recording this, uh, which I will leave the link for my YouTube channel in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. So if you want to check out my YouTube channel and you know actually watch me speak and not just listen, then you can go on there and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. And you can find like videos on other topics that I've spoken about over on YouTube that I don't think I've covered on here before. So definitely check that out. You will definitely like it if you like the podcast episodes. But otherwise, any questions on the back of this, of course, just let me know as always. I'll leave my social media links in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. Otherwise, take care, have a lovely rest of the week, and I'll see you around.